You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. How much violence should really be shown in a film or show about war? Well, guys, we're going to talk about one of the most violent, uh, the Band of Brothers. It's made a huge impact on the world for many, many reasons. Huge impact on me. Um, It's if there is a single reason why HBO is a net positive for the world, I think it's probably this show. Um, I am Joshua Knoll, one of your hosts, and I am here with another guest. He's been on here before. (laughs) Uh, Daniel Sigmund. How's it going, man? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you doing today, Josh? Well, great. Doing great. Ready to jump into this conversation. Um, This is a wild one. This is a lot different than some of our other ones, um, particularly because this wasn't really meant for entertainment. You don't watch this to be entertained, have the good feels afterwards or anything like that. Um, There's several different reasons a show like this is made, I think. Um, And it's really hard to talk about. It's not fun. It doesn't, you know, there are moments that are fun. There's moments that'll make you laugh, but but it, it's a reminder that film is in many ways art, you know, and it's really portraying the human condition, portraying a true event that happened in history, um, reminding us of the fragileness of humankind, reminding, reminding us of the tragedy that is war and reminding us of where we came from. Um, so, yeah, I think this is incredibly, incredibly important series. Um but before anything else, uh, there are some things that happened before this. You know, this b- show, Band of Brothers, was based off the book by the same name and loosely owes its, uh, I say loosely, kind of, you know, Private Ryan also plays a part in this existing, um, primarily because the same directors realized they needed to do more, right? Um, so Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks did Saving Private Ryan, Um Daniel, when was the first time you saw Private Ryan? Have you seen Private Ryan? Yes, we actually watched it in high school. That was the first time. Actually, I guess they just showed us the the opening um, scene when they're, um, oh yeah, on the beaches of Normandy. But it was in a history class, and they just wanted to show us uh, how brutal um, war can be. Yeah, which, um, yeah, <laughs> what a what a lesson indeed. Um, yeah, both of these are World War. Two related. That was a World War Two film. This is a World War Two miniseries, um, and I, I think both were based off of some of the writing of the same author. Right? Do you know that by chance? I'm not sure. No. Okay. Um, well, if so, the author of Ander Brothers was Stephen Ambrose. So y'all can look that up later if you want. Um, what did you think of Saving Private Ryan? You said you saw it first in high school, right? Yes. Um. I mean, it's weird to say I loved that film. <laughs> yeah, it always feels uh, weird to talk about, <laughs> about yeah. war films or shows because it's like, how do I say this was great by also saying this was awful? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But uh, let's see. Enjoyed isn't the word. I was really um, drawn into the story and the characters and all the sacrifices that they made. I think, throughout I think the that's film. a good one. That's, yeah. that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, man, it just so much goes on and there's so much for me. It's almost just as much fun when you're talking about Band of Brothers and Stephen Pride Ryan. It's almost just as much fun to hear. I say fun. 
so hard. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna have to use that word, and y'all just have to know what I mean. Um, but just learning about what happened around the film in the show, like who the film and show touched, who it inspired, what it took to make these, how they figured out what to go into it. Um, I, I would say Stephen Bright Ryan was probably one of the first times war was depicted in a movie that it wasn't Hollywood war, you know. Um, it still was, but it was more um, the the same guy. Actually, there was a Vietnam vet worked on both of that film and this one to make it feel a lot more like war actually feels rather than feel like more glamorized. I guess is how a lot of the mm-hmm. war films before Private Ryan were. Yeah, yeah. Um, I personally never read the book. <laughs> Have you ever read the book? You know, yeah, I'm I, gonna be honest. I didn't even know there was a book. <laughs> I just I felt like I didn't need to mostly because when I say I enjoy this show, like I'm drawn to it. It makes me feel things that I think I need to feel. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think I could handle the book, (laughs) to be quite honest. Like I'm like, I I can watch the show and I'm like, I just I don't know how much more I can dwell on this thing and take it personally, Um, which, you know, as we're moving on from the book and private ryan and we're talking about the show that was one of the big big points of controversy was was it too violent you know hbo's known for you know going the extra mile you know saying the f-bombs all that stuff but in this it was like well that's gruesome and um even i think when i first saw it i was like i feel like they're overplaying the violence is that i mean how did you feel when you first saw this was the violence too much for you or um let's see the first time i I watched it was about um 10 or 12 years ago. Uh, it was difficult to watch. It was difficult to watch, but I honestly, I appreciate them um, using the violence that they did uh, so that those of us who have no idea what war is like would get a, at least semi-real um, picture of what war is and how violent it, how violent it was and how awful it is. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, hard to watch, but I think in this case, I prefer, uh, the realism of it. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, um, the, I wish, I wish I remember the guy's name, but, but the vet who worked on both of these and was kind of trying to make it feel more realistic than the Hollywood stuff before he really hated the war movies that happened before private Ryan and made fun of like some of how like people would die, they get shot and they'd slowly fall to the ground and do something really dramatic. And even talks about how in real life when he says it, and then if it's a death by explosion, you don't see the person die. You just see all of a sudden like a balloon pop and it's just blood and stuff everywhere. And, you know, he's talking about like when you get shot, it's almost like watching, you know, someone cut the strings on a puppet. They just fall. They're just suddenly lifeless. And I was like, Oh, okay. So maybe, Maybe this wasn't dramatized at all. Maybe this is actually just how bad war is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. It, it is moving. Um, and when your purpose isn't entertainment, when your purpose is to really draw this stuff out, I think there's a reason why the vets that are in this movie that live to be able to see this series really appreciated it. And I think it's because they went that mile to make it truly what it was to depict what happened. Right. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Oh, no, no. I was just wondering, like, vets watching shows like this, if if they watch the violence happen and they're just like, well, that's nothing. I've seen it all. Like, this is, yeah. this is a big deal. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's hard to say. I'm honestly like 
I am glad that they had an actual vet on to try to work with some of that yeah. part of this stuff. Um, how much have you heard about the links they took to make this show accurate? Have you heard anything about like the behind the scenes stuff? I, I have not. No, I haven't. Maybe. Again, I haven't seen this show for over a decade. Yeah, I am. Um, first time I saw it was probably around the same time, like 10, 12 years ago. I usually probably every other year. I usually if I do watch it, it's around June, you know, around D-Day um, for that purpose, you know, of just kind of remembering what took place and what happened and that kind of thing. Um, the what's crazy is all of the actors were put through boot camp. They tried to cram and, you know, this was actual military vets and stuff. Tried to cram six months of boot camp into two weeks. And apparently it was awful. Yeah, that sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, David Schumer, am I saying his name right? Sh uh, Schwimmer? Schwimmer, yeah, David Schwimmer. He actually got injured during boot camp, like hurt his knee. And this this was like, weirdly enough, this is the story that really kind of made it click for me why they did this and why it was so important. Because, you know, they're talking about how like actors do a lot of things and they could just soak up someone's personality, hear everything they need to do and act it. But a lot of the veterans and stuff that were concerned about this series being made, said, that's the one thing you can't soak up. Um, not necessarily boot camp specifically, but saying, you've never experienced anything like this at all. And until you have some point of reference, you can't act this. Right. So he put them through this boot camp. Um, David Schwimmer, he hurt his knee. Apparently it wasn't too serious, but the, you know, the military people figured he wouldn't be back. You know, that this was it. You know, they're putting them through everything, trying to really create this commodity between the men, make them miserable was their goal. Their goal was to make the actors miserable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the re the way the time they said they knew they got it was when David Schwimmer did, in fact, come back to do one of the last things. He got his knee repaired and he showed up and willingly came back. And it wasn't because he had to. It wasn't because, you know, he thought it would help. It, it was because he felt like he needed to do this with the men. And he's like, yeah, that's that's the point. That is how they should mm -hmm. feel about one another if they're going to play this well. Um, I think it was worth it personally. I feel like it really does show like these men. It feels like a band of brothers, you know, like they feel like mm -hmm. closer than just friends would, you know. Right. Well, and that's that would be the other part of the boot camp is besides the training and the hard work is uh, you're doing this with your, I guess, in this case, fellow actors. And and that's a way for all the actors to bond together. And uh, I'm sure that going into filming that helped them feel closer and helped them to get into character more, um, having gone through all of that together. Yeah. And in fact, um Lieutenant Winters actually went to the boot camp at one point, but he would not stay because the vet that was over it, he, he basically he left him a book that said, I think that the men would be proud of you. Hmm. And that was it. And he was like, in, in a way, him not staying meant more because it meant that he trusted what they were doing. Mm -hmm. And oh, that was really cool. Yeah, it was a really yeah. cool thing to hear about. Um. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm getting too <laughs> into, I just, I just, <laughs> I just really appreciate everything about this and I could mm -hmm. just keep going, but, but, and this is hard. It's hard to rate this, but I, I wanted us to do it um, for the sake of just kind of, I don't want to understate or overstate how well we think this was done. Um, so zero to 10. Um, and, and, and I'll explain for everybody who forgot when I rate something, I don't, I'm not grading it. 
rating implies that it's based off of something that zero is the worst of a thing and 10 is the best of a thing. Um, so I'm rating this compared specifically to other war films and shows. You know, I'm not comparing this to like Guardians of the Galaxy because that's like apples and oranges kind of. Deal. <laughs> um, Daniel, how would you rate this zero to ten? I mean, when you what, OK, so when you said comparing it to other TV and show TVs and shows, uh, I didn't mean if, to if I, off. <laughs> no, that's OK. If I were going to compare it to like just in general, how good it is, I'd give it a nine. But if we're just saying as far as war TV shows and and, and uh, movies go, I, I got to give it a 10. It's Man. some of the best out there. Yeah, I I really want to give it a 10. <laughs> I'm actually going to give it a nine and a half. All right, and fair the, the only thing keeping it from a 10, if Christian's listening, it's not because it has to be perfect to get a 10. I don't believe that. I think it has to be the best. That's how my rating system works. But for me, it's more of a, they did such a, and this is what they were trying to do. So it kind of feels weird to take off for this, take off points, but I'm not taking off points, whatever. Um, the, it's just exactly what it was, right? It's just, here are the events, pretty cold, dry. This is what happened. You know, not that the show was cold and dry, but that's just, they articulated the events. They just kind of chronicled it. Um, for me, I, I think there are some movies and shows that are still accurate in the war that happened that are a little bit more inspiring because they kind of do more of character arc and stuff with different people. But to be fair, <laughs> Lieutenant Winters, that was his one complaint is that his character had too much of an arc. And mm-hmm. he said they would not have let us land if we weren't more prepared than that. <laughs> He's oh, like, geez. if we weren't already the men that we were going to be at the end of the film, we wouldn't have landed at all. That makes sense. I was like, oh, man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I get that. I mean, I, I guess as far as the purpose of the show, it's I don't I don't feel like it's a character driven show. I mean, it's almost like the whole band of brothers are the character together. Um, yeah. And you're watching how they interact with each other. But mostly, mostly, I think that they're just trying to do a uh, realistic depiction of World War II yeah yeah i and man i would say they nail it um (laughs) there's so many different scenes throughout this thing that it's it's hard for me to pick like a few that i want to talk about but i'll let you start because then i'll know not to pick those what were your favorite parts and some of your favorite characters in this series i mean it feels unfair but maybe to your point uh i I would have to say winters yeah absolutely Um, just as as um as a leader, as somebody who exercises uh, humility, he's willing to run into battle in front of all his men. Um, he's just, uh, yeah, he gets a he gets a gold star in my book. Yeah, it actually blew my mind when you're talking about like Winters and some of the other characters. It blows my mind how like historians and everybody who was like there and talked about it was like, no, this is actually accurate. Mm-hmm. Like in my mind, I was like, well, this is exaggerated for TV, at least a little bit. Nope, not even a little bit because the actors and stuff would actually get on them and be like, no, you played that too much. Or there were certain scenes that they wanted everyone to be there. He said, no, I had the flu. I wasn't there that day. You cannot give me credit for this. So the, um, so the veterans were actually really involved with how this was told and said, no, I wasn't there. I do not want credit for that. You can't even show my character in the background. Hmm. (laughs) And I thought that was pretty cool. That is very cool. Yeah. Okay. So you, so you said winters, who are some of the other characters that stood out to you? Um, bull, yeah but it could just be because he was in the walking dead and i was like oh it's that guy (laughs) (laughs) that's funny but he was still he was a good character and and that scene 
where he he they had to retreat and he gets um left behind and he's uh hiding in a barn and a father and his daughter come in there it got a little intense but he yeah uh yeah he wouldn't let him help him he's like nope you guys get out i'm not endangering your lives and i'll take care of myself so man pretty wild oh yeah that is um huh yeah yeah pretty wild pretty wild um did any other i don't know maybe were there any scenes or any parts of the show that stood out to you other than just some of the characters um i mean i guess you imagine war running uh just going very smoothly you fight the enemy the enemy you either advance or retreat and uh but it it's the moments where someone accidentally gets shot what was it moose moose got shot on the tracks just walking in yeah um or the you know the stuff that you don't expect like winter's um running over the the hill to attack and it's probably like a 17 or 18 year old boy and he has to like he hesitated but you you can't you just i mean it's awful war is awful war is terrible there shouldn't be war in my opinion yeah yeah no it's yeah yeah and and i think part i think that's part of what's so powerful even about the time that this came out this was released for those who don't know within 10 days of when september 11th happened oh wow so they actually had to pull a lot of the advertisements because Americans just did not want to see advertisements for war at that point. Right. But I think it's actually really telling that this came out right as we were deciding on our next war kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my sister, um, her husband, ha- him and his three brothers after 9-11, all four of them signed up for the military Man. like the next day, basically. Yeah. yeah. And that's where like war is tragic, should not happen. But also you see these moments of violence of these terrible things, boot camp even, where it actually really draws people together. You know, there's a I try I don't know if it's called the day after 11, 911 or nine or nine twelve. There's some podcast called something like that. And just the way that it talks about like A, all the terrible things that happened after that, but also just how the whole country for a little while was kind of on the same page. And that's impossible to think about right now, you know, the where we're mm-hmm. at today. Um and yeah, I mean, and you definitely see that with this. And when you hear about the veterans after what happened in the war, it's like, yeah, they were brought together. Just so you know, the veterans also did not have a clean, happy ending, though. I'll get to that in a minute. But um, what did you think? So one of the most controversial episodes, and it's because of a lot of the violence and stuff, I think. Um, episode three, Carantan. This is the episode where they make the jump. They on the planes, they land. All the craziness pursues. It's not, you know, clean, easy jumps. Um, when you hear some of the people from the war talk about it, it, it's actually pretty wild. Like a lot of the times your weapons and stuff didn't land anywhere near you. Um, turns out Winters was one of those. If he didn't have his knife on him, he just wouldn't have had a weapon when he landed. Um, and it's brutal for a lot of these men. This was the first time they've ever been on an airplane at all. And they're told to jump out of it. And this was the episode where, um, yeah, they slowly... Slowly advanced and took the town of Carrington, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, it was yeah. brutal. I mean, okay. So that episode, um, man, you're just watching, what was it? There are like three, two or three different battles and they're just slowly, slowly moving towards the town and they end up, I mean, I, I actually really like that episode. Why is it controversial? I think it was just because of the amount of violence. Like, I think it was oh. just so intense that a lot of people just were like, um, oh. this is too far. 
Okay, alright, you know what, you guys? This is a war TV show. If you yeah. don't if you don't like violence, you should not be watching a war a TV show about war. <laughs> yeah. I think this was probably the most realistic and most intense violence that had been on TV until this time. Um, you know, you have a lot of your horror, st- horror stuff that's just so unrealistic that it doesn't quite hit the same way. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in this series, I, they, they did all kinds of just crazy stuff. They actually, for the sound, they had the same guns that were used in the war shoot like big pieces of meat so that you would hear what it would sound like wow. for a bullet to hit flesh. You know, um, they did stuff like uh, they would have like the trips on the ground were actual like kind of explosives where it actually could put a hole in someone. So they had to be really careful with how they like set them off for the mm-hmm. actors because otherwise. Yeah. Um, the one scene I'm trying to remember who it was the guy who fell and he holds his rifle up. That wasn't scripted. He wasn't supposed to fall. He was actually terrified when he fell. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's crazy, crazy stuff. But yeah, I I really appreciated how they showed it. Um, I, I do think I don't know. I, I do think the violence could be so too much for some people. Like, you know, maybe mm-hmm. the show wasn't for everyone. And if it is, maybe skip episode three. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I will say the one the the one shot that was really hard to not look away was the guy who got ran over by the tank. Yeah. Yeah, that was, was that was pretty brutal. Pretty rough, yeah. Um, another episode, a couple other episodes stood out to me. Um, episode eight, that one stood out to me a lot because um, Tom Hanks' son plays this private who just came to the war. They have already been through, you know, this is a 10 episode series, so episode eight's pretty far into it. They've already been through everything. You can tell these guys have been to hell and back. This was actually the last episode filmed. The actors have been to hell and back. They're just kind of over, like, they're just done. You know, they're exhausted. And here comes this new guy who's like, I finished my training on D-Day. <laughs> and uh, they all just they do not welcome him kindly. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. And um, it's kind of funny at first but until you realize why it's like that. And you're like, oh, yeah, no, they they got a point. And, and I, I believe he yeah. kind of earned the respect after a little while. But man, that episode was emotional. It was powerful. And that's when the first time I think it really felt like the war is kind of coming to an end at this point. Mm hmm. Yeah, so I thought that was powerful. Well, I'm going to throw one more in there. Yeah. The uh, episode with Blythe. Oh, yeah. Blythe, who lands. Um, I think that was also episode three, I think. I don't it know. might have been. I don't recall. It might, I don't recall. <laughs> but it was, yeah. he lands, he's blind from hysteria, hyster- hysterical blindness or something they call it. Yeah. And he's just terrified and nervous. And by the end of the episode, you know, some time goes by. And uh, oh, oh, uh, spoilers if anyone hasn't watched it yet. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, his character, he gets to the point where he volunteers to go check out a farmhouse and ends up getting shot and uh, dying. And I think that was also the episode where yeah, they go to pick up some guy went to pick up his laundry. And uh, yeah, do you remember that? Yeah, that's that was one of the ones I wanted to talk about, too. Yeah. Okay, go. Um, yeah. Was that was it Buck who did that? Do you remember? I want to say it was Buck. That sounds right. I feel like it was either Buck or um, I'm going to say yeah. Buck. I'm going to say Buck. I'm going to need to start bringing character guides to these things so that I can remember <laughs> who all the yeah, characters yeah, are. There's a lot of people. It's, it's hard to keep up. But um, yeah. But yeah, that was. um. Yeah. You want to talk about the laundry thing real quick, though? So that was. Yeah. Fun. He just showed. Scene. Yeah, it was. It was really interesting. He he showed up. Uh, what? Who? Who? Uh, what? I don't even remember where they were at the time, but they had 
they had women. They would do laundry for the soldiers, and he came to pick up his laundry, and he paid for his laundry. And then she's like, oh, there's one more here. Can you get this one too? And then she starts naming off um, a whole bunch of soldiers who had never come back to pick up their laundry. And it's basically people who had died, and he's just he's collecting all the laundry for his old brothers. Yeah. Wasn't it the the same guy who, after one of the fight scenes, went and got the laundry for from everybody? Is mm-hmm. that right? Yeah. yeah. I was like, man, that was that was a powerful moment. Um, and there's a lot of those that are just like just crazy. Where you're like, what? What even? Like, what were these people thinking? How did they do this? And yeah. when you hear the actors even talk about the show and they rewatched it, they were like, I don't know how I betrayed that. I couldn't do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just really something special about a these men that actually did these things and something special about this show that was able to capture something terrible but powerful that i don't i don't think you usually see in anything else really maybe ever in anything else um right. yeah so yeah um i mentioned episode eight uh, i also i really liked episode 10 for, uh, for several reasons you know it's the end of the show i don't like that that was the end of the show but <laughs> it was um you kind of see some of the stories wrapped up. You see some of them. You have the um, the actor who played Winter kind of go through what happened to everybody. Some of them was tragic. Some of them was great. Um, but I really liked the baseball scene where you had everybody there playing the baseball game. And it was kind of like, oh, yeah, they're brothers now. We kind of made it to the other side. Yeah, there's still more story to tell, but they made it to the other side. Yeah. Well, I mean, that it, even as a viewer, it just gives you some sense of peace some rest from everything you just watched yeah yeah um i did want to mention one of the stories of like how it ended that was terrible for me um captain sobel was probably one of my favorite characters actually i love sobel um not just mm-hmm. because of david schwimmer because believe it or not i'm just not a huge friends guy but i thought he did amazing in this and when you kind of hear the rest of his story it's hard not to get emotional you know he mm-hmm. makes it through this war and then he has finds a wife he gets kids it's like it looks like he had his happily ever after and we don't even know why for some reason he tries to kill himself mm. ends up blinding himself by shooting himself in the head i mean it is awful what happens mm-hmm. to him he doesn't have a funeral when he does finally die he ends up going to um like a veteran's home for the elderly and he just dies no funeral nothing yeah and it's like man that's just tragic mm-hmm. yeah so like and it's weird because you see this ending where like a lot of these heroes do, they come back and they see each other every so often and they're able to, you know, have good lives. And it's like, Oh, cool. But then you have characters like Sobel who didn't have that. You have characters like, um, I want to say it was Warren Muck. It might've been Welsh. One of them had such bad PTSD when the show started, he was not willing to talk to the actor because he doesn't talk to anybody. Hmm. Um, and it, it, it said that having seen this, is when he started coming back out and he was able to be more public. And when he started talking to his family more about the things that happened and he, you know, he said that this show was able to be really therapeutic for him. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool. Yeah. Um, did any of the, what happened next? Did any of them really stand out to you as far as like how these people went on to live their lives afterwards? Um, I'm going to say no. And the reason is because I only, I, I was rewatching it and only, I only got through <laughs> episode six, <laughs> six or seven. Yeah. What's weird is I'm trying to remember if it was winter or somebody. A couple of them actually ended up making a lot of money doing stuff later on. But most of them just kind of end up being, you know, postmen, 
mm-hmm. trash men, whatever, just picking up ordinary everyday jobs. And it's not till this show comes out that all of a sudden they're kind of getting recognition. You know, they start going to some yeah. of these convictions with the actors and people start knowing their names and talking to them. And it's like, that is one thing that I'm like, man, I am just so glad that this show was made. If for no other reason than that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they, um, they talk about how a lot of times for veterans, they come back from war. Um, and you had like such a strong bond with, uh, your fellow soldiers and you had a very strong sense of purpose. And now that you're back, you got to find a regular job. And, and a lot of the reasons veterans are so depressed is because they struggle to find purpose in life after they come back from, uh, from war. Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually, that's a point made by, um, David French. He writes, um, he, he writes, you know, different stuff and he used to be in, in the military and he, you know, he addressed somebody else's article in some Christian thing where they were saying, you know, that's what men really need. They need respect. And that's what it's called for. And he said, um, no military men come back home and sometimes they have plenty of respect. What they lack is purpose. We need mm-hmm. purpose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's why I was like, man. Yeah. Um, and that's something, you know, again, war is tragic, but that sense of purpose that these men had and how they were brought together, incredibly powerful. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think also, I don't know how it comes off if you haven't seen all of the little like things behind the scenes and whatever, where you know that Lieutenant Winter is always stone faced. He never really shows emotion at all. Mm -hmm. You know, they show like his journal and it's literally just he wrote down exactly what happened. (laughs) You know, like what? that's not a journal, dude. That's just you're chronicling. Um, But then to see that man be the one at the very end of the series, he comes out and he says, you know, my grandson asked if I was a hero in the war. And I said, no, I served with heroes mm. in the presence of heroes. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, that is. And he gets a little bit emotional. He's always lips quiver. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's hard not to like start weeping when he does that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's uh, one of the uh, beautiful things about the show is uh, it just it just shows men who want to serve their country they sacrificed a lot. There were men who were injured and were like, nope, don't send me out. I want to keep fighting. Um, and just like the the heroism and courage of these men, maybe that's it. Yeah. It's just inspiring. Yeah, no, definitely inspiring. And I, I, I'm i just going to throw out there. I hate what the, the rhetoric of like we're armies of the Lord, soldiers of the Lord kind of stuff that like a lot of <laughs> churches do is like an analogy. Yes. Like, okay, listen, I get what you're trying to say. And it is that serious. We're talking about souls, but also guys don't demean what these men did like let's just yeah. use different language it's not that hard um but you know i will say when i'm thinking about the church and what we're called to do that's a mindset that i i wish more christians had not oh what can i do for god or how can i be you know a hero of the lord or hero of the kingdom you know whatever or superheroes for christ like some vbs likes to do mm-hmm. you know um and even you know the soldiers talked about how no one would actually say that I fought for God and country. They would, if they're being honest, what they will say is I fought for the man on the left of me and the man on the right of me. Mm-hmm. And I think that mentality, that mentality there, the mentality of I'm not a hero. I just get to serve in the presence of heroes. That's something that the church, that kind of humility and purpose is something I think the church really needs. Yeah. 
Well, and what I've noticed, at least within the tradition I grew up, um, is that there's a lot of focus on doctrine and morality. Um, but I think I think there just needs to be more of a focus on our character and um yeah developing christ likeness and and uh the fruits of the spirit and following the sermon on the mount like i feel like those are we like we should be doing those things and um focusing on character but it's like we just want to we just want to know whether it's doctrinally right or wrong <laughs> yeah um <laughs> i know this is probably a tricky question but i'm asking anyway uh, in your opinion how would you differentiate morality and being a moral person as opposed to someone who has character um i think that oh that's an interesting question um i think that developing uh right character i'm just gonna i'm just gonna make stuff up as i go (laughs) (laughs) that's what we do here (laughs) yep uh developing character will lead to correct morality or correct behavior yeah yeah i think a man with character makes moral choices a -hmm. man who's concerned about how to make good moral choices is gonna not only lack character but in the end isn't gonna be able to make those moral choices like to me i think having character is what enables you to make the right choice right well and i mean if it's just about morality and you're doing what's right and wrong you're going to judge the people who aren't doing what's right and wrong when what jesus teaches us to uh, not judge and to not condemn and to love your neighbors and love your enemies. It's really hard to love them if you think you are behaving morally and they are completely wrong. So anyway, thanks. (laughs) Yeah. And I know some people might disagree on like what Jesus said about judging others or whatever, you know, judge not unless you be judged really means X, Y, Z. I really think like, even for those people, like, do you, do you really want to justify judging so badly that, you're going to turn it back around on yourself the way that Jesus said, mm-hmm. or do you kind of want to work on yourself, which is really what he was talking about in that passage. You know, don't worry about the plank in someone else's eye, the speck in your own. Jesus is talking about your character and working on that. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, so then we, we have to ask, cause we talked about it a few times. Um, war being terrible, war being awful. Is war ever justified? Um, I mean, having this show take place, during world war two yeah i think that um war should not ever be anything that we want or that we should pursue but i think there may be moments if you are motivated for um motivated by protecting people who are being oppressed uh and not just for necessarily the gain of your own country i think there there may be a case for it but I don't, I don't know if I love the idea of us getting excited to go to war and killing the bad guys or whatever. I mean, yeah. Nope, that's all. Hmm. Yeah, I um. So a lot of people probably know I'm going to talk about the just war theory. You know, something Augustine and then later Aquinas talked about. I don't like Aquinas's just war theory. Aquinas adds a lot of stuff like, well, you know, you also have to be sure you're going to win and. <laughs> And okay. he's like, and the, here's a few other times where it's okay. And I'm like, no, listen, I, I liked, I liked Augustine's, um, you know, he says, talks a lot about thou shalt not kill being more than just not murdering all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm going to read a quote from the city of God. The wise man will wage just wars 
as if he would not all the rather lament the necessity of just wars, if he remembers that he is a man. For if they were not just, he would not wage them, and would therefore be delivered from all wars. I think that's the thing, is like, for me, I think there are times where it should be done. Hitler should be stopped. You know, no one should be able to occupy other countries and do that kind of thing to other people. We, um, to, you know, kind of get Spider-Man on everybody. If we have the power to stop evil being done to others, mm -hmm. we kind of have a responsibility to do that. Um, but I think if you're not lamenting that you have that responsibility, you know, if you're not deeply saddened that it has to happen, let me, I'll, I'll, I'll even extend it. If you're not deeply deeply upset that Hitler died, something's wrong in your heart because you should have desired that Hitler saw the light, that he got saved, that he wouldn't have been who he was at all. That's it. Yep. Yeah. And, um, I, I and I, it's a tough pill to swallow. Cause it's like, it's, we want to just stop at Hitler dead. Yay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it's like, no, actually that's tragic. It's terrible that that kind of man, let evil grow in his heart and consume him that way. It's terrible. All the things that he did, it's terrible. What he did to himself. He, he was also Hitler was made in the image of God, mm -hmm. man. That's a tough, tough pill to swallow. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we should, we should always desire for better. We should never be happy that war is happening or rejoice, you know? Right. Yeah. Can I ask an off, off script question, please? All right. Okay. So, uh, the missions organization I work with, has a, a guy who is Ukrainian and yeah. is currently in the Ukraine. Uh, sorry, in U in Ukraine. And uh, uh, I edited this video of him where he was talking about how because of the war, the people came together and they're looking out for each other's needs. And there's not this rich and poor division between people anymore. Uh, people who were pursuing careers or education. Um, it's it it like brought all the people together. Yeah. If America was invaded, do you think <laughs> we would unite in the same way? Not in the same way. Uh, I'm a little bit of an optimist here. I think we would unite more than I think a lot of people think we would. Um, I think people forget how divided the country was before 9-11 and how we did mm -hmm. come together for a time being. Although short period of time, it did happen. Um, and I mean, even that gets to. Even that deeper thing of like, because we talked throughout this, you know, the war united these men, the war enabled, you know, people to do things they would have never done, reach courage and bravery. You know, they were forged, their character were forged in fire or forged mm -hmm. in war. And yet I would still say the war itself was a bad thing um, to me. See what you, how you feel about this. You know, there's the verse of um, God makes all things work together for good for those who are saved. He does not say he makes all things good. I mean, works for good. So the evil. He's able to find a way that good can occur, that there can be a light in the darkness, but the darkness is still there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think of, of course, I think of um, the Inalindale when you're talking about Middle Earth and, you know, Tolkien's writings. And he talks about Eru, Luvatar, creating everything. And it's telling the story and how the one being who I think is supposed to represent Lucifer keeps trying to interrupt the music. And every time he creates these crazy symbols and whatever, Eru raises his hands and it turns out he planned that and it's part of yeah. his and it's very ambiguous on did he plan it or did he just turn that into part of the melody? Mm -hmm. Who knows? That's kind of how I feel like God is doing with this stuff. I don't think he's making war into a good thing. I think rather it's kind of ambiguous, mm -hmm. but God's able to incorporate even our terrible war, darkness, the clashing symbols into part of the melody. 
yeah, I would agree. God is uh, now. Yeah, I mean, you have to understand. I I came from like a a pretty uh, Calvinistic background. Yeah, where God is <laughs> in control you. of everything. But um, no, I think it makes it makes more sense that the world the world is happening and there's a lot of chaos. But God is God is working with what He's got, and yeah. and He is doing good work with what he has so yeah and personally and this is because i've never claimed to be as smart as calvin or arminian <laughs> any of them i just like the ambiguity of like yeah wait did, did he plan this did he know what was going to happen or is he just using it it is no. it is it has been such uh, it's been so good for my faith to be able to say i don't know yeah me too i like I don't, you don't have to have all the answers yeah smarter people can debate it and um in the end, God's really the only one who knows that. <laughs> yeah. And that frees us up to pursue better character. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Um, we're now going to do an ultra call. No. <laughs> <laughs> instead, instead, our call to action is to watch this series if you have it. Uh, I think it is. I think this series can be character building. I think it can touch you. It can move you. It can make you want to be a better person, inspire you, as Daniel said. Um, Daniel you have anything else? How would you convince people that they need to check the show out if they haven't already? I mean, that's it. You, I think it, I think it's important for, um, people to, uh, have, have a realistic depiction and understanding of how war actually works. I think people might not be so excited about war if they saw how gruesome and awful it is. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is also, inspiring to, to watch these characters come together band together for a uh, unified purpose um and just look out for each other and i just you know i just wish i wish we could do all those things without there being war and violence <laughs> yeah me too me too and you mentioned ukraine earlier i also challenge people watching this show and really kind of getting a better understanding of what war is like probably will change your views on how things are being handled over there and how quickly we need to do something about it. Mm -hmm. And with that, um, you know, when we wrap these up, we don't do recommendations. Usually we've been talking about like how you enjoy a show or binge watch a show. If you're binge watching this, God help you first off. Um, and if you're enjoying a snack during this, God help you. I could not eat while watching this. Not it's just not idea. possible. <laughs> so I am going to do sort of a recommendation, but rather just kind of a, do you have any other war films or shows that you thought were inspiring that you'd like to tell people to check out? Um, well, I didn't tell you this when uh, you asked me to do this episode, but generally I don't like war films. That's fair. Um, I don't like strategy like chess or risk or age of empires. And I had friends who always made me play age of empires with them <laughs> and I was terrible at it. Um, but I'm more of a risk guy. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, saving private Ryan um, is easily my favorite war film, but uh, just to show uh, this, it's going to be a little bit different, but just to show how complicated uh, war can be and kind of showing uh, both sides of a battle. I really like Troy with oh, Brad yeah. Pitt. Like yeah, all see, the characters are so one. complicated that and it's like one. all make bad decisions and, and uh, has a lot about honor and character in it. So that I think I think I'd throw that one out there. I'm going to be annoying. I'm going to do three different things here. All right, that's fine. First off, just check out the author 
Stephen Pressfield. Um, a lot of his stuff is like early Roman war, but he does other stuff too. Um, when the military suggests books for people who are going into training and stuff, they often will suggest some of his books because he kind of gets it. He gets what it's like. They're not, you know, just shallow, whatever, but they're not traumatizing books either. Um, also, I interviewed on my other podcast, the whole church podcast, we interviewed Christian Taylor. She did a documentary on D-Day called The Girl Who Wore Freedom. Uh, extremely well done. Um, not only shows, you know, some of the soldiers and how they felt reflecting on that day, but also shows a lot of what happened to the people of Normandy. How do they think about that day? Really good one. I'm familiar. I've, I've heard about it. Um, oh, I've great. heard of Christian Taylor, but it's a war movie, so I decided not to watch yeah. it. <laughs> it's, it's a lot more like a documentary, too. And there's a lot of French. Um, yeah. And then I think what's probably my favorite war movie, and it's because of how inspiring it is to me, um, Hacksaw Ridge. Andrew Garfield recently kind of developed a relationship with Jesus. I don't think he's ever used the term Christian, but he talks about his relationship with Jesus now because of some of the films that he filmed in that era. It came out 2016 in November. It was the first thing I was able to watch after my car accident where, you know, I was like in a, I had a concussion and just wasn't able to do a lot of stuff for a long time. Um, so it was a really impactful movie for me for several reasons because of all that. And because it's about this soldier who is a Christian who is a pacifist who goes to war and refuses to fire a gun or anything, but he just goes in and he's saving lives in the middle of the battlefield. And there's just one scene where he's just drawing soldiers in and it just gives you chills every time. And it's one of those things that really revived my commitment to my faith. Um, not that I was losing my faith or anything, just kind of revived it. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. That one is on my list to watch. I haven't watched it yet. I, in fact, I think I own it and I still haven't watched it yet. It is, <laughs> it is truly powerful. I don't think as powerful as this show necessarily, but it is a lot more inspiring for me because I'm like, yeah, I want to be a man of nonviolence to that extreme, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. With that, do me a favor. Uh, go to systematicgeekology.org. Hit the drop down menu. You'll see where it says guest. You'll see some other episodes Daniel's on. You'll see where it says host. You'll see some episodes I'm on if you want to watch them or avoid them. Either one. Whatever you want. And of course, we need you to do one very important thing for us. And that's just to remember that we're all a chosen people, a geekdom of priests. This was an Anazao Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazao Ministries podcast network.